and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Today we're uh, kicking uh, off, it's not new, but it's the second week, a title sermon series, 10 Do's After I Do. Now I know we have people in here, we have some people that are single, and we have some people that are married, you know, but all of us fit into one of these categories. And one of the things, and just uh, sharing the message with my wife, it was like, you know what, we have a son, Chase, who's 12, and a daughter, Kyla you know, like who's nine. And I was like, I want them to be able to take these sermon notes and be able to apply to their lives. Because I'm like, if they don't hear about dating and being romantic from us, they're going to hear from somebody. So I'd rather for them to hear, guess what? From their mama and their daddy to hear from us. Uh, And so as we heard last week, Pastor Joel uh, hit on it. He kicked it off about the foundation for marriage is God. Uh, And we know that anything that God does, Satan does not like it. So he will come and he will attack marriage. He will attack you in your single life. He will attack you in your marriage because he doesn't want to see it blessed. He doesn't want to see it going in the direction that God has called it for. And so I can remember it was Walmart, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Skyland Boulevard. I'm about to get out of the vehicle and pump some gas. And all of a sudden, these words rolled out of my mouth. Yeah, I'm never going to get married. So at that time, there was a young lady who was in the passenger seat who is now my wife, which is Kim. She's on the front row. And she turned to me and she said, why do you keep saying that? I'm like, what are you talking about? You keep saying that you're never going to get married. I didn't ask you to marry me in the first place. Oh, okay. Uh, but I was like, for real? I didn't even know that I was saying that. And what I realized in that moment, I can't get the relationship right if I get the communication wrong. So here I am on one side, I, I wanna, I'm desiring a relationship, but my communication is off. My communication is saying, I don't want to get married. I'll never get married, but deep in my heart, I want to. Well, guess what? The relationship will never happen if the communication doesn't happen. So I have to get the relationship right. And I have to get the communication right. But it first starts with the communication. And so one of the things that I realized in going through that, that journey and in, in dating, and I was like, man, I'm horrible. And what I realized that I was leading myself in the wrong direction, even though I had a heart desire to get married. So three enemies to leading yourself, because as a single person, you're leading yourself somewhere. And however you're leading yourself, when you get to start dating and married, that's the same way you would lead in the marriage. So three enemies to leading yourself, lack of priorities, 
a lack of boundaries and a lack of emotional intelligence, lack of priorities, lack of boundaries, a lack of emotional intelligence. What is the lack of priorities? They'll pull it up on the screen. This enemy will rob you, will rob me of our most valuable asset, time. The law of sacrifice says I have to give up to go up. So if my priorities are not in place, that means my time is going in and everywhere else. I can remember Madden, man. Ooh, Madden. It's come out Madden 03. Man, we up there on the PlayStation and the guys were playing. That's where all my time is going. I get off work, man. We on Madden to five o'clock at night to two o'clock in the morning. Lack of priorities. So I'm playing Madden and then Kim will call and she'll be like, you on that game, man. I'm like, yep, I'm on the game. That's when they came out with the, the first Bluetooth headset. And I was like, ooh, yeah, I'm on the game. A couple of months later, I called her. It's like, hey, what, what you doing? I'm on the game. She went and got a PlayStation 3 and was playing Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> Gave me a taste of my own medicine. Lack of priorities. Lack of priorities. So she was like, yeah, I'm going to get you back. You with the guys on Matt? I'm by myself on Miss Pac-Man. Lack of boundaries. You must not only plant seeds, but you must pull up weeds. Decide what will be planted and what will not be planted. Standard is not a standard if you will not suffer for it. You must not only plant seeds, but you must pull up weeds. The boundaries that I had, I had the wrong relationships in my life. And here are these seeds that have been planted. And here I am saying, I'll never get married. Not even knowing that that is what I'm saying. I didn't have no boundaries in my life. Had all types of guys, relationships, young ladies, then they just saying in and everything of the world. But I don't have no boundaries to protect myself to make sure that I'm going in the way to be married. Next, a lack of emotional intelligence. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So dating for a single person, this is a question you should be asking yourself. How can I get better? Date yourself first. How can I get better? Dating for a married couple. How can we get better? How can we get better? You can't fix what you won't face. You can't conquer what you don't confront. So how can I get better? Man, lovely, beautiful young lady, but lack of priorities, lack of boundaries, lack of emotional intelligence. And I'm not even realizing it's not just me saying that I don't want to get married, but I'm still holding on to rejection from another young lady of a relationship years ago. So now I'm looking at Kim in the light of what somebody did years ago to hurt me. 
And I want to build trust, but I can't build trust because I'm still emotionally hurt. And so for you as a single person, where are you in your emotions? Are you wearing outfits to impress somebody because somebody else didn't look at you and give you a compliment the way you wanted and that you knew you should have gotten a compliment because that was the best outfit you had on in your closet, but the one who you wanted to give you a compliment didn't give you a compliment. And so now you're dressing to impress. Now you're getting in debt to look your best. James 1, James chapter 1, verses 19 through 22. Let's look at this. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 22. When you look at yourself, what are you saying? When people are talking to you, what are you thinking? What is navigating through your mind? That emotional intelligence, what's going on? Verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what? It says like one of my my mentors is something that he said about there are three types of listeners we heard in James be quick to listen slow to speak three types of listeners a robber the historian and the active listener the robber the historian the active listener who is the robber the robber is that person when you're having a conversation they can't wait until you finish. Or they can't wait till you get a, yeah, you know, I went down there the other day. And when you get that breath, they jump right in. And what they do, they turn the conversation on themselves. They take it off of you. They want the attention. That's the robber. The historian is the person. When you're having conversation, you're talking in the present. They go back to the past. But they go back to the past Just to be able to say, I can relate to what you're saying, but the past that they're going to, it can't be improved. It can't be refined. They're just going back to the history. And it's like, why you keep every time I say something, you always go back to the history. But then you have that person. I believe this is who you all are. Active listener. Who is the active listener? This is the person that when you get done talking, they can articulate everything that you have said so much so they understand it. And out of understanding it, there's like, you know what? I can see that. How can we change? How can we adjust? Because guess what? When you're talking out of frustration or aggression or anger, nobody not going to change with that. Let me give you context. Something hot touches you. What you going to do? Ooh, ow. Boiling water. You're going to jump if it touches you. But also, too, fire is hot. Has anybody ever run into fire and say, ooh, I want to touch me some fire? 
You put that hand right there. You get on like, get on back, get on back. So you as an individual, when you're talking out of frustration and anger, can you expect somebody to change? Can you expect them to want to carry out what you're saying? We'll have a little bit more fun with it, a little bit more fun with it. I used the example a couple of weeks ago. But say I line up 10 people and you start with one person saying something. And by the time they get to the 10th person, it's a whole nother message. I used to think, man, they not listening. But you know what it is? Because I played that game several times. Sometimes that person, when they get to your ear, man, that breath's so hot. And they talking, you just tune out. You're like, man, please hurry up. I don't want to tell them they breath stink. It's like, good night. It's like, man, what do I say? You just make up some. It's no different than in a relationship. As a single person or as a married person. That's not pulling them close to you. That's not pulling Kim close to me. That's not, you know, like me being close to her. It's like we're going separate ways because of the aggression, the anger, the heat. And so when it comes to dating, when it comes to being romantic, it's like, are we actively listening? Not just to the other person, but even to ourselves. So let me give you some budgeting tips for the married people. Or those that are dating. Budgeted romantic tips meaning you need money for this. Date days, date nights, birthdays, anniversaries. You need some money, honey. If you want to get some coffee, you need some money. You know, anniversary, you need some money. Go on a trip, a date night, a nice meal. But then you have the profitable romantic tips. I call them profitable because they're free. It doesn't cost anything, but it leads to somewhere. Hugs, compliments, walks, text messages. Oh, I just wanted to text you. You look so cute today when I saw you. Hey, I'm thinking of you. I love you. Or you pick up the phone. Oh, I just want to hear your voice. I love you. And then you hang up. But then there are two questions. As I said, it's a married couple. How can we get better? Question, what's one thing you like that I did this week? This is something Kim and I do. What's one thing you like that I did this week? The next question, what's one thing you didn't like that I did this week? Mm. Every week is something that she didn't like that I did. Just be honest. I'm not perfect. I'm human. Only human. And so we go through this, but when we're talking, we're actively listening. Because you know what? They do this in companies. Hey, how can we get better? What can we do better? How can we increase and better the experience? How can we make sure the customers feel appreciated? How can we show thanks? How can we be more grateful? And guess what? They do these things to get better. So consumers like you and I can go in and purchase the coffee or purchase the clothes, or purchase the shoes, whatever it may be. They're always asking, how can we get better? What if we turn that inward, single people? How can I get better? Because dating starts with me first. 
Kim can't feel the voids that are in my life. Now, can God use her to help? Yes, but she's not the source to fill my voids. God is that source. So single people, how are you looking at yourselves when you're in the mirror? Are you thinking of what somebody else said about you? Are you thinking about whatever you post on social media, whether somebody liked it or didn't like it? When you're in school, what what are you saying about yourselves? Married couples, what are you saying about yourselves when you're looking in the mirror? What are you saying? You know, I'm reminded of one of the guys that this was at our Lakeland campus. When we had five services, we had one service on Saturday and four on Sunday. And I can remember after the 10 o'clock service, he called me in my office and he's like, man, we got to talk. And he just started sharing about the marriage. And out of this, he shared things. And I was like, whoa. And out of this, because of what happened in the marriage, well, outside of the marriage, the decision was made by both to get a divorce. So he was like, man, I need you to walk with me. I said, hey, I will. Fast forward. He was like, man, I'm I wanted to get remarried. I said, hey, let's pause. Let's pause. Let's think about this, because if you don't get healed while you're single and get whole, you're going to take your broken self into that marriage. And then that marriage is going to get broken. And then guess what? It's going to fall apart. And then you're going to do it all again. And it's just a repeated cycle. So you have to ask yourself, how can you get better? Long story short, we do this for about a year. He gets remarried. You know, I officiate the wedding and it's like, wow, they have two children. And it's like, man, I was like, wow, look at how God was able to come in. He kept asking himself, how can I get better? He looked at his priorities, boundaries, but also to the emotions. I can remember Meeting Kim, April 24th, 2003. We started dating November 22nd, 2005. You see the gap. Proposed to her February 18th, 2006. We got married November 25th, 2006. So let's talk about that gap. I can remember telling her, I said, look, you're a good woman, good lady. I don't want to mess up your life. So I meet her April 24, 2003. I moved back to Mississippi, July 2005. When I move, I tell her, don't call me. I'll call you. It was quiet, just like this. I thought she hung up the phone. Because she's in Alabama. I'm in Mississippi. I said, look, I don't want to mess up your life. I know you're a good woman. And I want to make sure that I'm the right one for you. Because she was in church. I wasn't in church. I had been out of church for eight years. I was like, okay, Lord, you got to help. So priorities, boundaries, emotional intelligence. So what did I do? Highway 18, that's where we were as a church. Brought my Bible. I brought a pad and a pen. And I took notes. Was it hard on my flesh at first? Yes, because I had never done it. That was the only time I had opened my, well, I didn't open my Bible. I looked on the screens. Then I finally brought my Bible. And so I will listen to Pastor Joel, take notes, and I will put one of the notes into action that week. That was the goal. I wasn't successful all the time, but that was the goal. What am I doing? 
priorities, boundaries, emotion until I'm getting healed whole because I don't want to mess up her life. And so I can remember it was that night, November 22nd, 2005 in Waldorf, Maryland, 11 o'clock at night. I should be asleep, but I wouldn't sleep. I was thinking about Kim. So I get an eight by 11 piece of paper, white piece of paper, and I get a black Sharpie and I write her name, Kimberly. Then I start edging her name, red color, crayon, green color, crayon, orange, blue. Next thing I know, I have a rainbow of Kimberly's name. I'm like, man, I'm a really like the girl. God, there must be a sign right here. 11 o'clock at night. So it was 10 o'clock. I called her. I said, hey. She was like, hey. I was like, I don't know how to say this, but you know, I always told you, I don't want to be in a relationship just to be in a relationship because I want to go from relationship to marriage. I, you know, I don't want to date just to be dating, you know. Like, yeah, so I was like, so will you be my, oh, I don't want to say girlfriend. Girlfriend, girlfriend. I was like, oh, you know, something like that. Yeah, but you know, dating to go to marriage. She's like, yes, yes. Then right after that, she said, oh, my, oh, my, can I call you right back? Really? I just asked you, and you want to get off the phone with me that quick, that fast? She's like, no, I got to call my sister. I got to call my best friend. I'm like, we're not getting married. You know, just, just start dating. But I said all that to say, I was asking myself, how can I get better? I was doing things to make myself get better. I was looking at my priorities. I was setting up boundaries. Now, I still get on a mat. I still play basketball. I still play space, but I'm doing it with guys in the church because I was like, God, you got to give me those guys. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they know how to play some space. Play basketball. Get on a mat. And we can still come to church the next day and still be brothers, even though I beat them in the game. <laughs> And so he gave me that. And so the question I want to ask you, single people, how can you get better in your priorities, in your boundaries, setting boundaries, the right relationships, your emotional intelligence, married couples? How can you get it right? Priorities, boundaries, emotional intelligence. I can remember leading a boundaries a life group, my wife and I, and we had young adults uh, there, college-age students, and one of the young ladies asked a question. She was so sincere. She said, why do I keep getting the wrong guys? I said, I don't specifically know, but let, just let me give you context. Let me give you an example. I said, when a guy says, don't you turn around. And if he does it again, just move to the side and say, hey, I noticed you're spitting. Let me get out of your way. Because that's not your name. So whatever you respond to, whatever I respond to, that's what we are allowing in our lives. 
And God is saying, I'm the only one that can feel your heart. I'm the only one that can feel you romantically because romantic is not all about physical. Can it lead up to physical? Can it lead up to intimacy? Yes. But that's not all it is. God is saying it's about a relationship with the one who created you. Because being that I created you, I know who you are and I don't want you to settle for my best. So you have to be emotionally whole yourself first before you try to bring someone close to you. Because if you are hurting and broken, all you're going to do is hurt and break them. Now it's two hurt and broke people together trying to make something work. It ain't going to work. A flat tire would never roll. And God is like, you're flat in your life. Will you allow me to breathe into you? I can remember a good pastor friend of mine was at a single retreat. He was like, man, nobody ever told me he's married now. He's like, man, nobody ever told me this. Like, what? Oh, nobody ever told me this. Like, would you just tell her what they never told you? Man, nobody ever told me this. He was like, man. I thought intimacy was something that would last all day. But after the intimacy, you still got to wash clothes. You still got to wash dishes. You still got to get up and go to work. You still got to smell their breath because it's not fresh all the time. I wish somebody had told me. But he's like, you know what? I have understood and understand now. Why God created romance in the marriage. Because with that. It's just a outward, a physical expression of two people loving each other that he created. For the seed to be planted and the harvest to come through a young boy or a young girl. But the enemy has turned it around so and deceived that where even intimacy and how God created it is not the way the world is showing right now. And God is saying for all of us, be it you single or be it you married, will you get better in your relationship with him? Because when you get your relationship with him right, when you get the communication with him right, the voids, they'll be filled. And God is saying no man or no woman can fill that void. They didn't create you. I created you. So you're going to a substitute to be made whole. You're going to a substitute and looking for romance. No, no, no. It starts here. The one who created you. So before you try to date someone else, singles, will you date your 
self? Will you date yourself according to what God is saying about you? Because there are going to be people that talk about you. No matter how much you like your hair, dude your haircut, your clothes, somebody going to say something negative, but it matters what you say. Because if you're looking down upon yourself, you're not leading yourself well. And God wants you in a healthy place. So when you do get married, if that is your desire, it's two healthy people walking together. And so for Kim and I, and that's why we have those questions, because I focus on what she doesn't like. Because with that, it's like, I can get better. I want to do better. I must do better. So now that me, with me getting better, it not only impacts her, it impacts our son Chase, our daughter Kyla, but also guess what? It impacts you. So in dating and being romantic, as a single person, how can you get better? married couples how can we get better because as we get better others can get better but it starts with us and maybe you're here today and you're saying man there's just some things in me that's hurting there's some things in me that emotionally I have been been tied to and connected to there have been some people that hurt me and and wounded me. There's some things that I've even allowed in my life that I have been saying over myself that is not true about myself. And I just want someone to pray for me. It's a little different on how we're going to end service. A prayer team, y'all can, y'all can come on up. going to be a little different how we end this service. God is all about relationships. Whether you're single or you're married, he's all about making you whole, making you better. He's all about helping you come up to a higher place. He's all about helping you see that there is more in you than even what you see right now. He's all about wanting to remind you of who he says you are and not what has occurred in your life, not according to what somebody else has said or done. Worship team, y'all come on up here too. Y'all gonna, y'all gonna help with this prayer line.